Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lilonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lilonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. I'm sure you've seen some of these adverts in the newspaper. Some trader is advertising something. Some will say the best prices in town. And some will say buy one, get one free. But the one I like is go find any quotation in town and we'll make it better. We will give you a lower price than that. It's like, listen, of all the prices that are out there, our prices are better than that price. And do you know, in a sense, that's what the author of Hebrews is saying. Go find any God out there. Go find anything out there. But we can assure you that this Jesus is so much better. And that's his whole point in the book of Hebrews to show the superiority of Christ. He has shown already that Christ is superior to the angels. In fact, Christ is the most superior revelation of God. He's superior to Moses. He's superior to Joshua. He's superior to Aaron. And in actual fact, he says, Jesus Christ is of the order of Melchizedek, which is what we've heard the past two weeks. And now he's about to say, listen, let me sum this up for you. Jesus is the best of the best. And in actual fact, in this passage, the author author of Hebrews is basically saying Christ's ministry offers the best access to God. The ministry of Christ offers the best access to God. How? In two ways. Number one, Christ, Christ is superior. Christ's ministry is superior. It's a superior priesthood. Listen to verse 1. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. Now you must understand here. This guy is writing this sermon. He's writing this sermon. And really is is kind of like impatient with this guy. Because he has already said that though by this time there ought to be teachers, they have need that they should be taught again the elementary principles of Christ. And so I can just feel him saying, okay, okay, okay. If you, if you must catch something, this is the main point of what we are saying. What is he saying? He says, we have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty He says, we have this high priest. And this high priest is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty. Please notice here. In the world, you'll have trouble. In the world, you'll have tribulation because of me. 
Do you know if you've lived long enough as a Christian, it's not easy being a Christian. And that's what he's talking about. Listen, you might be tempted to go back to the familiar. You might be tempted to live like you used to live. Well, many of us used to go to church, isn't it? But we're still going to hell. But we were still going to hell. We were going to church, but we were still going to hell. You see, some people think that when they go into church, then it means things are okay with them. It's not okay with you. Until Jesus comes into your life and you start following him, until he becomes the boss of your life. Do you know when boss calls up, when, when he calls you up, he calls you up 6 o'clock. I want you to be at work at 7 o'clock. If you want that job, you show up. Boss will say, Today, we have overtime. We're working up until 8 o'clock. If you don't want a job, you won't stay. And so, when things get tough, we have this tendency to go back to the things that we used to. And so the hard part is this. Seeing Christ in all our difficulties. Seeing Christ when you can do the shortcut. Seeing Christ and find Christ's solution when you know there are people that you can talk to and they can organize the electricity back again without you having to pay escort. I'm talking to somebody. And these people, these Hebrews, were in danger of drifting back, of going back to the way they ordered their lives. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, there is Christ who is superior. And here he's showing he has a more powerful ministry. And he says, listen, this high priest, this high priest, is not like the high priest of the tabernacle on earth. This high priest sits on the right hand, the right hand of the majesty of God. Do you know what the right hand is? It's a hand of power. You see, sometimes we forget that, that this Jesus that we're serving who is our intercessor? Do you know what high priest is? A high priest is an intercessor. A high priest will pray for you. He sits at the right hand of the of the majesty. Do you know you are spoken for? God hears about you if you are in Christ. Oh yes. You see, many of us are fooled into thinking if I can only know so and so then this thing can work out. If I only knew the boss at that place, my contract would work out. Uh, I'm here to tell you that you have a high priest. You have an intercessor sitting at the right hand of the throne of majesty on high. 
more powerful. Look, we need to understand this. Because friend, it might not be for you and me that we're going back to temple sacrifices. But do you know, we take men of God and we make them like our high priests. We make them like our high priests. And so we think, if I can go to such such a church and apostles so and so pray for me, all things will start working out in my life. Oh, I'm here to tell you, you've got a greater than apostles so and so. You've got a greater than prophets so and so. You have Jesus, the heavenly high priest, who speaks into the ears of God the Father. You know, I don't know if you've seen those movies where you have a king, you know, and he's got, you know, the two, maybe two lieutenants or whoever beside him. And maybe somebody walks into the throne room and then the one on the right hand whispers something to the king that no one else can hear. <laughs> it's just between these two. I have news for you today. Jesus speaks about you. He whispers about you into the ears of God for you. More powerful. Listen to this. Not only is he more powerful, he's more effective. He's more effective. You see, sometimes you can have power, but not have the effectiveness of that power. Oh yes, some people have money, but don't have the effectiveness of using that money so that it works out for them. Oh yes, and some month then comes, they have money. Fast forward, day number 10 in the month, no money. But somebody has half that money, and they're running a whole family. I'm talking to somebody. More powerful, more effective. He says here in verse 2, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. Says a minister. Now the Greek word for minister actually started off as the word that was used for a public servant. For somebody, a public servant. For somebody that was working for the government. And was working for free just to help out people. A people worker, that's what it literally means, the word minister. A people worker. Now understand there, he says, we have such a people worker. <laughs> we, we have somebody that is there for us. Hallelujah. Please let it sink. Let it sink that he really is there. Brother Robbie, that anointing of yours now is needed. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. He is there for you. <laughs> the reason he sits at the right hand of the throne of majesty is for you. <sighs> Understand. He is God. Jesus is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Isn't it? Three, yet one. We don't know how that works out, but he's very much God. The reason God sits at the right hand of God is for you.
When you get in trouble, when things are not working out for you, in fact, when you mess up, when you slept at that place, you shouldn't have slept at. When you were drinking that stuff, you shouldn't have been drinking. When you say that thing, you shouldn't have said. I would like for you to remember, on the right hand of the Father is somebody who is whispering to the Father that this one is in us. I have bought him by his blood. And so I'm speaking for him. It's more effective. More effective. Listen, listen, listen. Listen. It says here, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. A minister of the sanctuary and of the tabernacle which the Lord erected. Now understand, at this point in time, the, the, the tabernacle or the temple, the temple in Israel has not been destroyed. The temple in Israel was destroyed during the Jewish war. When the Romans came, probably between 16 to 70 AD, and destroyed Jerusalem. And the temple we know was standing probably up until 70 AD. And so this person, this author, of Hebrews is writing to these people before the temple has fallen. And so he's saying, listen, yes, we have that tabernacle. We have that tent, that dwelling. That's what tabernacle means, the dwelling. The dwelling place of God. That earthly tabernacle. But listen, there is a heavenly tabernacle. And in Hebrews, you always see a dualism. There's two things. There are things of the earth and then there's the things of the heavens. So there's a temple on the earth, but there's also a temple in the heavens. And the things of the heavens are the real things. And so he's saying here, we have this high priest who makes offerings, not in a sanctuary down here or a temple down here, but a temple up there. And that temple, the one that built it, is God and his mother. What is he saying? This is a superior high priest. Says verse 3, for every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. In other words, this high priest has something to offer. Right? Verse 4, for if if he were on earth, he would not be a priest. Since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the Lord, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was divinely spotted when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pardon shown you on the mountain. Now he says something. He says, listen, but this one, this high priest, this Jesus, when he was down here, he couldn't have offered. But he's supposed to be superior. 
I got news for you. You see, there are some programs on the computer that won't run on Windows 3.0. Because Windows 3.0 is an old operating system. These programs are from the year 2009. You get it, eh? So they are made for Windows 7 or Windows Vista, not Windows 3.0. So you cannot take that nice program from the year 2009 and then, you know, take it to an operating system for the year 1980 or something like that. That's why he could not be a priest when he came down here. Because when he came down here, his program was based on the heavenly tabernacle. He came to offer sacrifices for the heavenly tabernacle. So when he came down here, he had nothing to do with the priesthood of down here. In fact, he was born of the tribe of Judah, not of the tribe of Levi. And so he couldn't have functioned in that way. Why? Because this is a superior function. This is a superior This is something so much, 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 much more infinitely better. Hallelujah. He says, these priests down here, verse 5, they serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly thing. That's what they're serving. Just a shadow. You know, it's sad when you hear of Christians wanting to keep the law of Moses. Yes. Because the one that was given this law or the one that was given the instructions to build the, the temple according to a particular pattern is Moses. And it's sad. People want to worship. On this, you know, it must be the Sabbath. Because if it is not the Sabbath, when you're not going to heaven. A shadow. Oh, don't eat pork. Don't eat such, such a thing. These things you mustn't eat. A shadow. The real substance, the real thing, is that which is heavenly, which Jesus brought down. And I know, you know, maybe we've had many people tell us about all sorts of things from the Old Testament and how, you know, we, we're not doing it the way that it was done in the Old Hebrews 8.5. Reminds us. They were just a copy. Just a shadow. Don't fear a copy and a shadow. Now listen to verse 6. But now, he has obtained a more excellent ministry as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Not only not only is he more powerful, more effective, he's more excellent. He says, because of that, in verse 6 again, he has obtained a more excellent ministry. It's a ministry 
That is better than the ministry of Moses. Than the ministry of Aaron and his priesthood. Why it says. In as much as he is also. Mediator of a better covenant. So now he is. One that mediates. One that goes between. A mediator. One that brings along. A new covenant. Which was established on better promise. Wow. Wow. Do you know what this is saying? The old covenant, or really the old testament, was built on lesser promises. And Jesus has better promises than the Old Testament promises. Now you must understand there are powerful things that happen in the Old Testament. There was a man called Moses who would take out his rod, put it on the floor, and turn into a snake. He would hit a rock with that stick with that stuff of his, water would come out powerful things people like Elijah who would declare and say as long as I stand in the presence of God there will be no rain in this land for three years powerful people people that would raise people from the dead old covenant promises from the old covenant and hear the heart of Hebrews is saying listen there is something that is more excellent. There is something that is better. There is something like has never been seen. And that something is found in Jesus Christ. Please, please. John You see, you don't need a better prayer. You don't need a better anything. You have the best. He's called Jesus. You know, sometimes we behave like the people of the world. You know, the people of the world, when they have a sickness and they go to the hospital and it doesn't work out, well, somebody usually says, oh, at my village, there's such, such a guy. And then when that doesn't work, they hear of somebody in Mozambique. And I tell you, they'll borrow money to go to that singanga in Mozambique so that they can get better. And unfortunately, maybe that hasn't, hasn't really you know, been washed as we've become Christians. Because the way that Christians behave, it's as if when they go to that pastor, when they move to that other church, when they move to that other ministry, that things are going to get better and better and better. I have news for you. It's Jesus you keep your eyes on. Hallelujah. Christ's ministry offers the best access to God. How? Well, Christ's yes. priesthood is superior. Then number two, the second how. 
Christ has a superior covenant. Listen to verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place will have been sought for a second. You only go for the second if the first is not good enough. Listen to this verse 8. Because finding fault with them, with who? with the children of Israel he says God says behold the days are coming says the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah Christ's covenant is superior now notice number one the source of the covenant. It is God. He's the one that initiates. He says, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant. Now, the interesting word, the interesting thing about that word covenant, is that there are actually two words that can be used for covenant in, 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 in the Greek, in the Greek world of that day. They had one word which was called suntheke. Suntheke means a contract which is binding on all of us and we've come to the agreement together. But the word that is used here for covenant is diatheke. Diatheke is a covenant that is initiated by one person and is administrated by one person. And so in this instance, it is God who starts this covenant. I, I will make a new covenant. Please understand, every working of God is something that God initiates. You and I only respond to what God is doing. I had to memorize this for class. Because if I didn't memorize this for class, I was going to fail the class. And how many of us know it's really nice when you memorize something for class and then you can use it. So don't deprive me by using something I memorized to pass an exam. It is the definition of a covenant. We were told a covenant is a bond in blood. A bond in blood that is sovereignly administered. It is administered sovereignly by God. It's a bond in blood. Meaning to say for covenant, for biblical covenant, something must die. Because it's serious. It's the highest form of covenant. As far as the Hebrew was concerned, if there was a high form of covenant, it would mean some animal would be killed. And when that animal is killed, it is cut in two. When it is cut in two, the people that are making the covenant will pass through those animals and will say, may it be done to me as has been done to these pieces of animals if I do not fulfill my part of the covenant. Oh, that's what God did with Abraham. He told Abraham, <laughs> Abraham, you know, in fact, God told Abraham, you know, after he had just gone to rescue Lot, 
And after he had just met Melchizedek, God comes to him and says, Abraham, I'm your exceedingly great reward. Abraham goes, yes, right, right, right. Look, I only have this Elias of Damascus. I still don't have a son. That's when God says, I'm making covenant with you. He says, listen, go get some pieces of animals. In fact, go get animals, cut them in the middle, and we're going to cut covenant. Do you know what happened? God is the one that went between those pieces. When God went through those pieces, God was saying, if I do not fulfill my promises, Abraham, may you catch me, and may you cut me in half like this animal. And that's God speaking. Powerful covenant, powerful stuff. The new covenant, Jesus Christ, yes. last supper, tells his disciples, this bread is broken for you. This is the new covenant. And then he took the cup. Very same thing. This is for my body that is broken for you. Do you know what that means? That on the cross, Jesus Christ was that animal that was cut in two and God made covenant for the salvation of men. He starts. He initiates. And so that's why he says here, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now this is the time of Jeremiah when the kingdom of Israel had been split. So there was the kingdom of Israel and then there was the kingdom of Judah. But God is saying, listen, there's coming a time when I bring together Judah and Israel. There will be one kingdom under my new covenant. This new covenant is a new administration. Listen to this. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. In other words, he's explicitly saying, this is not going to be like the covenant I made with Moses. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be about don't eat this, don't touch that, don't do this, don't do that. And you knew more about what you shouldn't do than what you should do. You know what Paul says? He says, the law, the law made me sin. <laughs> because when I knew that I should not do such, such, ah, that's when something inside me says, oh, let's try it out, let's try it out, let's try it out. Let's you know, it's like that, eh? When, when, you, when you get told, don't do that, that's when you want to check it out. I have my rights, don't you know? No, it's called sin inside you. That wants you to still do that evil thing. And so God is saying, listen, it's not going to be like the Mosaic covenant, like the covenant with Moses. It's not going to be like that. When I led them by the hand, with signs and wonders, with miracles, with power, when I took them out with power from Israel, I mean from Egypt, it's not going to be like that. He says here, 
because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them. He says, you know what? They never did what they were meant to do. They never continued and I disregarded them. Now, that's a diplomatic way of putting it. Because here's what God said. Those of you that do not believe that I'm going to take you into the promised land, all of you will die in the desert. What a disregarding. Disregarding is an understatement. Those that did not continue in the covenant, they died in the wilderness. Those that do not continue with Christ, they will die in the wilderness. And so he says, listen. But I'm making a new administration. A new administration. According to that. Hard one. Listen to this. It says in verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. In other words, there is an internalization. Something that becomes internal inside. The law of Moses was written on tablets of stone. It was written somewhere. You have to go and be taught the law of Moses. But he says, listen, with this new covenant, I'm making everything internal inside you. Do you know when something is inside you? You become a part of it. You see, the new covenant is not a matter of acting right. It's not a matter of acting the right way. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of you inside you being right. Religion says on the, it says on the outside you should look right. So if you have dreadlocks, there's something wrong with you. Outside. And we judge people according to the outside. New covenant is about internalization. You see, friend, listen. The change that you want is something that must happen inside you. You can't change on the outside. You can't say, I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop smoking, I'm going to stop sleeping around. You can do it for a while. In fact, you've tried it. And it hasn't worked. Or maybe it has worked. But even if it has worked, unless it's an internal thing, a friend, you might be a nice person going to hell still. Now there's a lot of nice people in hell. Eh? They've never smoked. They've never drunk. They've never slept with anyone. They've never even maybe lied. Or when they lie, they basically, you know, tell you, I'm really sorry. Very nice people. Very nice people. But you find nice people in hell. 
You see, because some people cheat themselves and say, no, if I can just get rid of this, if I can just get rid of this sin of mine, then I'm going to be okay. No, you're not going to be okay. Because your inside has no It takes for a heart change. It takes for, it takes for something to happen inside you. And that is what only God can do. That's why he says here, in this new covenant, I'll put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. <laughs> Internalization. Notice here. And I'll be their God and they shall be my people. So there is I'm trying to rhyme here. A realization of the presence of God. Says, I will be their God. And they will be my people. There's going to be a relationship. They will call me their God. Their God. You know, the same way if somebody will ask you, so who's your father? Oh, my father is so and so. And you know you have a personal relationship with your father. Says, I will be their God. When you ask them, who is your God? They'll tell you, Jehovah is my God. Jesus is my God. I have a personal relationship with him. Isaiah writes, he says, in those days, they shall write my name on their, on their hands. You know, the way lovers used to do. You know, primary school, you'd write his name. There. His name. His. Amen. You write his name. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. When I say I have people, it's going to be them. Wow. Powerful stuff. I mean, for God to say, my man, that's my dude right there. That's what I'm talking about. That's him right there. A realization of that intimacy with That's what the new covenant is about. It's not just keeping laws. It's not just doing the right things. Religion will say, do the right things. But it can never give you a relationship. Do you know when you have a relationship, there are some things you want to do that you actually want to do, but when you remember that relationship, you say, I can't do that. Because if I do that, I'm going to hurt so-and-so. And I don't want to hurt so-and-so. Because I love so-and-so. That's what faith is. That's what the new covenant is. When you can come to a point of relationship with God through Jesus, that you love him so much, you will say, I cannot take this Jesus to the club with me. I cannot take him to the club. Because you say, oh, he is my God. And it's not just things out there. Even things inside you that you can say, I cannot think like that. Have you ever argued with yourself? Have you ever told yourself, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. If you haven't, you're in heaven. But if you're down here, you will say, shut up. Some of us still curse. We still curse inside. 
We're smiling at you. But you don't know how many four-letter words are Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we can stand out here and say, you know, last time I really got drank. It was like 13 years ago. Oh, I thank Jesus. Last time I listened to Tupac. It was like da 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 And yet Tupac is in your head, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's flashbacks. Things that you wouldn't even remember when you're out there. When you're out there, you not remember. Now that you're in the kingdom, somehow, they're coming back. They're just flashing back. And things, and you're saying, No, but I thought that when I become a Christian, yeah, then all these things stop. Into oh no, you are still in the flesh. With that mind of yours, that you educated in evil for so many years. And unfortunately, it's not a rewritable CD that you can erase it and then just put some new stuff. It's not a cassette you can blank out and say, okay, let's that's why we need to go by the word. So that we are transformed and renewed by the word. And so that even when those evil voices come, we can basically say, get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. A realization of the new covenant. A realization of relationship. Listen to this. Here's my other session, democratization. Listen. <laughs> Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me. From the least of them, the greatest of them. Ah. It's not going to be a time of no, no, no. But you know, you, you made a mistake here. Da, 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 da. <laughs> they would know. They would know. None will say, you must know the Lord. You must seek God. In the Hebrew, the word know is not just knowing information about somebody. It's an intimacy. Abraham knew his wife Eve. Abraham, so, sorry, Adam, Adam knew his wife. Wife. I'm, I'm getting wrong people married here. Yeah. Adam knew his Adam wife Eve. Eve. And they begot a child. They knew each other. And here, yeah. at this point in time, it says in the new covenant, nobody's going to say, seek God, seek God. Get into the word of God. I mean, in, in the perfect place of it, it won't be like that. Because each one will have this hunger, this internalized relationship with Jesus, this realized relationship that they will be seeking after God. Friend, do you know that's what church is? A community of people that are seeking hard after God. And that's why even the author of Hebrews in chapter 10 he says we should be encouraging each other. He says, don't stop going to church. Don't stop the assembling of yourselves together. As is the manner of some of you. When they just when there's Joyce Meyer. But that you should come together to encourage each other. 
And the whole idea, you know, that we would encourage each other in our knowledge of God. Says, listen, in this time, there's not going to be anyone telling somebody else, know the Lord. And they'll go, no, but I didn't know that. I I didn't. Didn't. No. Listen. Final Sean now. Restoration. Verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. He says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. To the way they have forsaken me and they deserve to be punished to be banished from me but I will be merciful. Please understand the new covenant is a covenant of mercy. It's a covenant of grace. Now that is not to say that in the old covenant you have no grace Oh, there's grace running through. We hear of Noah. 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 Noah found favor with God. Noah believed God was accounted to him for righteousness. He found favor. He found grace with God. Very simple thing with Abraham. The, the way people in the Old Testament got saved is through faith by the grace of God. Still. But he says, listen, now in this new covenant, I am going to be merciful to the unrighteousness. <laughs> I'm not going to care where they spent the night last night. I'm not going to care how much that they stole from people. Because in this new covenant, I am going to be merciful. In this new covenant, I'm going to call the thief and the prostitute and the liar. No, but that's a lousy church. No grace. But do you understand what is going on here? People that do not deserve it are being asked back. Some of us, I think, we think I deserve it. God shall save me, man. Do you know your salvation is only as sweet is only as sweet as when you remember from whence you have come? Do you know why we have lazy Christians? They've forgotten from where they come. That's a problem in the church. The problem in the church in terms of commitment is really that. People do not realize in fact they have forgotten from whence God took them. They have forgotten that the only just reward for the way they lived before God was that they should be sent to hell. We've forgotten. And do you know? That too is religion. That too is religion. Because religion at its core just makes us feel good about ourselves. 
You know, I go to church. I do my duty. That's religion. An external thing. Do you know? When John is writing, in fact, when Jesus speaks to John in Revelation, and he talks about the Ephesian church, that was right with doctrine. He says, I, I, you know, I, I, I love what you do. You, you hate the Nicolaitans, and you have right doctrine, but I have this one thing against you. You have lost your first love. Why have you lost your first love? You have forgotten from what you used to be. Maybe sometimes we should have those flashbacks to remind ourselves what sewage pit we came from. What toilet we came from. Because honestly speaking, many of us think we're doing God a favor. We think we're the ones who are gracious. Oh God, you need somebody to come to Kairos. Come on. <laughs> you know, we need to fill up those chairs. The way, that, the way that Pastor sweats when he's preaching, somebody's going to be there to hear him. <laughs> so God, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Mm. Oh no. You got it backwards. He has been merciful to you. He has been merciful to you. If there's anyone who owes him anything, it's you. That's why Paul says, you are, in fact, present your bodies as living sacrifices. A sacrifice is offered fully to be burnt. But he says it must be a living one. But when you live this life, you live the life that is sacrificed to him so that when you say you're a Christian everything of yours is of Christ you exist for the kingdom of God and for the furtherance of the kingdom of God you know, I just came for a blessing I just wanted to be prayed for sorry wrong place wrong kingdom in this kingdom he doesn't we, we, it's not like he owes us something. In this kingdom, we owe him. Tell your neighbor, you owe God. says, for I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their and sins and their lawless dead and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now God is not saying, oh no, they, have, they haven't done anything wrong. Uh -uh. <laughs> their sins and their lawless deeds. The things that they do. The sins that they have done. In this new covenant, I will remember them no more. Oh, please understand. God is not like some of us that forgive but do not forget. Oh no, you know, I can forgive but I can't forget. God. God says, I'll remember their deeds no more. He says, listen, as far as the north is from the south, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far I have forgiven them their sins and I remember them no more. I have separated their sins. 
the new covenant. His new covenant is restoration. The new covenant is starting over again. Do you know today? You can make it the day of your new covenant. That you can start over again with You know that you can be delivered from religion. This is as long as I go into church. When I finish up Kairos 101, I'm going to be a member. Are you a member in heaven? Let today be your day of restoration. When God can say to you, because you have come and have heard my call and have bowed yourself and humbled yourself before me, today, your sinful deeds, your transgressions, your drinking, your sleeping around, your smoking, your lies, your gossip, and all the other things we can't mention now. I remember them no more. And you know, the way you get there is through Jesus. Verse 13, listen to this. That he says, in covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The author of Hebrews is saying, listen, Forget salvation 2.0 with Moses. Sacrifices and all sorts of things. Forget salvation maybe even 4.0 where you were told you should go to church. You should keep the Sabbath. You should do whatever. Say forget that. That we have done away with. There is a new covenant in the land. And the fact that there is a new covenant, the first one is useless. Why? Because there is a new thing. I know there are some of us here today that really have our idea of God or a relationship with God is a religious one where we're supposed to do things but we do not realize it's about a relationship it's about God touching you and you loving him and you coming at a point of saying I'm not going to do that not because it makes me look bad but because I love God let today be that day. Let's stand, let's pray together. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.